back in on Canuck Central. Trade Central, Vancouver Canucks acquiring Elias Lindholm from the Calgary Flames. A huge trade, giving up a first-round pick. Andre Kuzmenko, Hunter Brustevich, Yanni Yormo, and a fourth, fourth-round pick. Conditional fourth-round pick. We'll see what the conditions are for that fourth-round pick. But, uh, you know, like I mentioned before, the Canucks being able to get a top-six forward and not moving any of their best trade assets minus the first-round pick is good business. Yes, you traded Brustevich. Yes, you moved Kuzmenko. But we talked about Kuzmenko as being somebody they have to move out anyways. Like, we, we've been talking about this. We've been laying the groundwork for this for weeks here, and especially this week, Izzy, and being like, hey, you have to wrap your head around. If the Canucks are making a trade, they have to trade somebody off the roster. They can't add salary without moving salary out. And eventually, all roads led to Andre Kuzmenko, and he's the guy going the other way. And, you know, we can talk about Kuzmenko coming up in a second, but I still feel good that, you know, the Canucks made this trade. They still have Lekaramaki. They still have Willander. They still have Hoaglanders. They still have their best prospects playing in Abbotsford. And when you have that still, and you made this trade, you're not, you're not mortgaging your future. Yes, it's an expensive price. Yes, you're giving up value. Yes, it, you know, it costs you something. But I'm not going to look at this and say, man, the Canucks are going to have a hard time competing after making this trade in two or three years. Right. Yeah, yeah, you're not you're not blowing off the top of of your your future assets. Are you giving up something of value or something that has upside? Sure. You have to 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 get a player who is number 1 on the Athletics trade board. Yeah. Absolutely. And and the other thing too about this trade um which should be mentioned here, 5 and a half million off your books for next season on Kuzmenko's contract. So now next year, the Canucks all of a sudden have five and a half more million in cap space. Now, do they end up keeping Lindholm? Who knows, right? Maybe they ultimately do. I wouldn't put that out of the equation. Um, as we mentioned a bit earlier, I think it's one of those situations where uh, there hasn't been any contract talks yet between the parties. And Rutherford told us on Canuck Central a couple of weeks back that maybe it's a player they like, but bring him in first and let's see how it goes. And you, maybe you explore those contract talks down the road, but even if you do sign him, now you have five and a half million off your books to be able to sign him. And just at the very least, now you have more flexibility next off season too. So, you know, this whole idea of how can the Canucks get better and keep this window open. If Kuzmenko wasn't going to work here and clearly he wasn't going to work here with the head coach, you getting that cap space as well. Part of the deal is, is a pretty good thing. Yeah. It's It's hard for you to move that, you know, money off your books nowadays without taking something back. And the Canucks did that. They did. And that's, that's the, the, you know, the secondary layer, I guess I would call it to this deal. The first layer is the Canucks are adding a player who is a bona fide top six. I think the way that this team is built and, and probably where Lindholm is at, especially coming off of uh, his recent play in Calgary, where it hasn't been tremendous is uh, a second-line guy, but a legit second-line. He can be a second-line center on a good team. That's the first layer, but that you're able to move that move that contract off as part of it, great. You're not giving up one of your top two or three assets, even better. And just look, it's this is a signal. This, and this is important, I think, Seth. This group has been through a lot, the core players. Yeah. They've been through a lot. They had not been shy to express their disappointment at... Uh, a couple of junctures where things were not going their team's way. Well, this is absolutely a confidence boost for these players who have bought into Rick Tockett's structure and system, who are playing at a high level. 
that there is belief that they can that they can see this th- thing through. And for guys, for any group, that's important. But for this group specifically, where Quinn Hughes, JT Miller, Thatcher Demko, and Elias Patterson have not been shy about saying that there's been a lot of disappointment. There has been. This and, is huge. And, and to your point, uh, you know, doing it for the room, uh, our next guest who's about to join us here, uh, Rick Doyle, I'll mention this a bit earlier. Early in the season, when the Canucks were starting off really well, um, this management team may want to reward the players, as you mentioned, for what they're doing and, and really get that full buy-in, and they certainly done. So let's go to the Dispatch Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning Hotline. Rick Dollywall from Donnie and Dolly. You can also read his work sometimes in coordination with Thomas Drance on The Athletic. Donnie and Dolly, Monday to Friday, 10 a.m. to noon, alongside Don Taylor. And uh, ha- have you caught your breath yet, Rick? <laughs> you know, what's funny is I, 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 I talked to Jim this morning, Rutherford, and he sure played coy with me. Uh, I didn't see this coming down, uh, uh, you know, this big uh, later on in the afternoon. But that's, that's you know, he's got the great poker face for sure, I'll tell you that. But, Sat, when I, I, when I look at this, a couple things uh, stick out for me. First of all, Jim Rutherford drafted Lindholm in Carolina, so that's one. Two, and we've all been reporting this for quite some time, in Carolina that year they won the Cup, he did a lot of his work early. He likes to get the work done early. He likes to get, um, you know, his business done early. And because here's what's going to happen: you get closer to the trading deadline. There's so much parity in the NHL, and you know the cost is going to go up. There's so many teams going after the same guy. The prices will be crazy. Um, I, I don't look at what they gave up today and sit there and go, okay, uh, okay, a first is a first. Um, first round pick you never like parting ways with them but it was necessary here uh, Biscavage the kid in the Ontario League um you know he's having a tremendous year uh tremendous year and but also you have a guy named Quinn Hughes who should play here for the next 10 to 15 years and provide you with more than enough offense from the back end to last a lifetime I mean um I think you can see why they would make Biscavage available but that's still uh, you know credit to that kid drafted by the Canucks doing what he's doing. Kuzmenko was struggling. Uh, We all know that. His first year was off the charts. Uh, Second year has not been so great. Um, So, look, all the pieces, when you see them at the end of the day, Sat, you can understand why the Canucks made this trade. They're coming out of their scouting meetings in Arizona. They all uh, came back yesterday, five days they were in Arizona, the scouts, um, you know, and they bantied about, had a lot of good debate. Had a lot of good discussion, Alvin Rutherford and the scouts. And guess what? Um, you know, it, while they were in Phoenix, they were talking to Calgary about this. So, look, it all makes sense. Uh, you know, you nailed it. Um, we, the, the Canucks are first place in the NHL standings at the All-Star break. How can you not help them uh, to go on a deep playoff run? I don't think anybody in Vancouver is sitting back and saying, you know what, this, this, this isn't right. Uh, this is a this is a, a good trade for a team at the top of the standings to give them a little push. I do want to say I don't think they're done, and I don't think they're done. I do believe in my heart they're going to still try and add a defenseman at the deadline. Um, I, I don't know if it's going to be a depth defenseman or a bigger name. Hey, look, Chris Tanev's name. Yeah, Sat was in this big time. I yeah. accidentally just called Tanev about <laughs> a half an hour ago. I was calling somebody else, and he picked it up. And I go, "Who's this?" He goes, "Chris." I go, "Hey, Chris." <laughs> anyways, uh, I was so confused. I had five hundred things going. I called uh, Tanev by accident. But anyways, um, they, I believe Tanev was in this the discussions. But I don't believe the Canucks had assets for Tanev and Lindholm. I do not believe in my heart they're going to stop trying to go after Tanev. The immense respect 
for TANIV and this organization from top to bottom, managers, coaches, scouts, players, is just absolutely through the roof. I don't know if they can land him. But, I mean, Calgary's – Vancouver's done what, two deals? You know, Zadaroff and now Lindholm, yeah. and can you do TANIV? Look, if TANIV hits July 1st, I can tell you this, Sad. Uh, he loves Vancouver. And I, I think if he hits July 1st, I don't know if the Canucks would have money for him. But I can tell you this. He's got good friends in the city. He loves the city. never wanted to leave. It's a special spot in his heart. I think Vancouver would be way at the top of his list on July 1st. Don't know if it happens, but I, I can tell you that the respect for this guy is through the roof. You mentioned, Rick, that uh, this is right out of the Jim Rutherford playbook. He likes to get stuff early. He likes to be aggressive. They are bringing in a guy, and Sat and I have been saying this for the last hour plus since the, the, the original trade was reported, that he's a good player. We like his fit, but he is also coming in off of a situation where he hasn't been super productive. Do you think that that's part of the reason that, that there's some upside here for the Canucks to bring this guy in early, get him into the lineup, put him with their top players at the top of that lineup and get him going You know, a full month before the actual trade deadline? Yeah, it's a great point. You look at last year, and, I, and I've said this, look at the Bruins, got Bertuzzi and Orloff yeah, out in round one. Rangers got Kane and Tarasenko out in round one. You know, you, these guys are not just going from one city to another. They're moving family members. They're moving kids to new schools. They're, then they got to go to a dressing room. You know, they might not know anyone in that dressing room. That's a good point. Chemistry is, when, when, when I heard the Canucks and, and all the discussions and trades, uh, chemistry is a big issue, right? And you have got this far to the all-star break with every single one of those guys you have gone to the trenches and war and with that group of people in that dressing room and they've done a tremendous job they're first in the nhl there is something to say about chemistry there is something to say that this is a tight-knit group there's something to say you know this year is the year i've heard a lot of players in post games say we're playing for each other out there and when players say that that's a good dressing room that's a good dressing with a lot of character, a lot of guys playing for each other. They're sticking up for each other. You know what? That makes a big difference. And, you know, I don't know if that was necessarily the case in past dressing rooms, but this year it looks like to me a tight-knit group. They're always talking about sticking up for each other, playing for each other. Those kind of quotes tell you about the character of a dressing room. And I think getting them in here early, that's a great point. He can, you know, not only Vancouver, the city he's going to mm-hmm. get used to, he's going to get used to his teammates. And then away you go in five weeks, the trade deadline is going to be here in five weeks anyways. Yeah, that's a part of it. That's one of the reasons why Jim likes to do his work early is, is simply because of that, is, is get them in early, get them on the line, their line mates, get used to the new coach, all that stuff. So, yeah, absolutely is one of the reasons why he likes to do this stuff early. Well, and I think one of the things that I liked about this trade, too, and you mentioned, you know, Tanev, and they're still looking to make the team better. Yes, they gave up a lot here, but they still have, more assets at their disposal. Now, you can be happy not doing anything and still hold on to your good prospects to hold on to Hoagland or hold on to put Colson in these players. But, you know, to your point, they still have assets in hand here to do other yeah. things. And the question is, how aggressive are they going to be? Like, do you, do you think that they're going to, their working has and like, okay, the next 24 hours before the Ulster game something happens? Or are we looking at next week when they get back? Well, I'll tell you, this is a big one. Like Lindholm's, like you look at all the trade charts all over the NHL set, Lindholm's pretty high on them all, right? Yeah. And, you know, I don't I, I don't know if you can possibly, uh, you know, go get two or three more guys of that ilk. 
Um, I, 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 like I said, I still think uh, they're going to be in on a defenseman. I, I, I do believe that because here's the deal. Uh, Susie's had some bad luck with injuries, yeah. right? And, and, you know, it's been strictly nothing but bad luck. When Susie does play, he's tremendous. You know, he's been a really good addition, uh, but you got to protect yourself. I mean, in the playoffs, there is going to be uh, injuries. Um, you know the compete level goes up in the playoffs. You know it gets more physical. There's less time and space. It is a different game. There are going to be injuries. Guys play with injuries. We know that. I do believe uh, they still will be hunting for a defenseman, uh, Sad, I really do. And I also, like, you know, th- this, is a, this is a great move by them. Like, I mean, I, I did not think, um, you know, I was worried about, um, you know, giving up a, uh, uh, what's his name, Olander or Lekaramaki. Mm-hmm. And for the first time in a while, they have rebuilt, um, you know, the prospect uh, pool. Right. And before the old regime had it pretty, there wasn't much in the cupboards. And now you got a Willander and the Karamaki. What this tells me is they're not willing to give up a the Karamaki or a Willander, which is good. And now you've lost a first rounder today. So to go after another a name like of the ilk of Lindholm would surprise me. I think that probably if they go now do stuff, it'll be of the depth variety. But who knows? The one thing about Rutherford is he is very unpredictable. He's very aggressive. And he, you know, if he puts his mind to it, like I, I was told that Chris Tanner was discussed in the past four days and it just, they just couldn't make it happen. So if, if he's still trying to get guys like Chris Tanner and they love that guy and they were trying, but they just didn't have the assets. But that also tells me they weren't willing to give up a LaCara Mackey or a Willander, which I yeah. think is good news because mm-hmm. that prospect pool, you can't deplete it again. It was really, really bad uh, when the a previous regime left. You got to rebuild that thing up. The wrinkle on on defense, and, and you and Donnie have been talking about it the last couple of days, is Nikita Zadorov, right? They go out and get yeah. him uh, at a time where there are not a lot of trades being made. Uh, they, they strengthen an area that was uh, and has been for a long time a weakness for them. Uh, but if they are going to add, uh, Sat's been talking about it the last couple of days, a right shot guy would really help to make that defense a little bit more aligned. Is Is that now, especially at his cap number, sort of the obvious thing that the Canucks have in their pocket now that Kuzmenko and, and his cap number is out the door? I, I was told that uh, Zadorov is not going to be moved. I, I think that um, I think these rumors caught the Canucks off guard on Monday. I believe Milstein got to the Canucks on Monday and kind of said, hey, what's going on? I believe uh, that, you know, I, I, I think Milstein was quite irked uh, by the rumors about Zadorov. In fact, I know he was. I don't see them moving Zadorov. I, I really don't. I, I, I don't. Uh, but, like, the, the, that, that, that's the thing. And Sat knows this. And both of you know this. Hockey people change their mind. Yeah. Sometimes on a Monday they tell you something. And the following Tuesday, it's not happening. It's something opposite happens. Like, you know, it, the hockey people change their minds on players all the time. But I was told today that Zadorov is not going to be moved. I mean, you look at that blue line. And the Canucks should get a lot of credit for rebuilding that blue line. There's four guys there that weren't there, uh, you know, long-term, like last year, even at the beginning of last year. So they've really rebuilt that blue line to being one of the biggest, nastiest, hardest to play against blue lines. I wouldn't mess with that. You're going to need a guy like Zidorov in the playoffs. Absolutely, unequivocally you are. So I, 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 I think the rumors came out. I think they caught the Canucks off guard. I, I believe Milstein... I uh, wasn't very happy with him, and I, but I, I, Dan, Dan told me Monday. 
he says, uh, and you know where he would have got this from? He would have got it from the Canucks. He, he said that he's not going to be moved. So I don't think that move. I don't. I, I think you keep the defense to where it is. The where it is for the first time in a long time. You know, teams are saying, "Holy smokes, the Canucks are hard to play against." So one of the reasons they're saying that is because of that blue line. No, absolutely. And I mean, you mentioned Dan Milstein here, right? Yeah. And Andre Kuzmenko. And obviously, I mean, this is the other part of this story here. Andre Kuzmenko, who was such a splash last season, excited the fan yeah. base, 39 goals. What a marvelous season. The team gives him a two-year extension, and then it's an absolute flop this year, right? I mean, he can't get into the uh, good books with the head coach, constantly healthy scratch. The writing was on the wall. What does this do to the relationship with, which seemed to be, you know, very strong here with Dan Milstein and his clients? Like, do you think this has any negative effect on that relationship and what do you make of what just happened with Kuzmenko and Vancouver in the end that's a great question I, I ask uh, Mike you know he's got so many Canuck clients whether it's in Vancouver or Abbotsford or in the system right I'm going to take you back to uh, when Jim Benning was here and, and a lot of the Canucks roster was Newport sports like yeah. it was it was Newport sports and sometimes when you have too many clients with one firm you know sometimes it, you know things things get Things can get uh, difficult because there are benchings and there are healthy scratches and there are. I will say this about Milstein. Every single time that Kuzmenko was healthy scratch this year and I would text him, hey, Dan, are you, you know, what's going on? We're going to make it work. We're not asking for a trade. We're going to make it work. We're not asking for a trade. The, he did not want this to happen. He didn't want it to happen. I, you know, and so when the Chicago rumor started the other day and I, and I text him, I say, Hey dad, what do you think about the Chicago rumor? And he says, uh, you never know. Well, guess what? They, at that time they were talking to Calgary about Kuzmenko. Um, it, it's a great question. Uh, Sat. It, I, I have not, I don't know if you guys have, I've never seen a player take a city by the storm, take Vancouver like a storm like Kuzmenko did last year. And then the next year, absolutely have so many issues and problems. And, and he's such a great guy to, in terms of always smiling and laughing. You saw him at the Dice and Ice the other uh, last week, and he's at these events, and he goes to uh, autograph signings. He's just a pleasure to be around. He's smiling and loves the game and all that stuff. I just cannot remember a guy that was so wildly successful one year and then it had such a drop off like he did this year. Like I, I can't remember the last time a player did that in Vancouver and I, I, and I'm, and I'm trying to rack my brains trying to think of it. It just, everything that could go wrong for Kuzmenko this year yeah. went wrong, bottom line. Uh, but you don't like to see it because he's such a likable guy. He's got the million dollar smile. He's got the goofy hair and he dresses all yeah. like this. And he's such a likable guy, but it just wasn't meant to be for him this year. And I think that uh, it just, and, and I think at the end, Dan finally realized that, you know what, it, would, it just wasn't going to happen and it wasn't going to work. Um, that relationship with Tockett, hey, look, guys, if he's healthy scratching him in November, December, January, well, what, are you gonna, what do you think he's going to do in a playoff game? Yeah. No, exactly. No, he's probably going to get healthy scratched, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, so you know what, it just, I think Dan finally came to a realization at the end that uh, it just wasn't going to work out for Kuzmenko. He waived his no-trade clause with the uh, the Calgary Flames the, on his 12th team. He was, and Dan was dealing with that tonight. And, you know, he had to waive it for the trade to go through, and he did. 
But I think that uh, I think Dan finally realized that this this, this just wasn't going to work in Vancouver anymore. No, uh, it certainly hasn't worked out and didn't work out. Uh, before I let you go quickly, uh, it hasn't been reported. I think it was LeBron who reported there hasn't been any contract talks between the Canucks and Elias Lindholm's camp. Is that something you would expect them to dive into right away or take their time to see how their new relationship works? That's good. You know what? They're taking their time with their UFA side. Yeah. Like, when I ask about the UFAs and, oh, we'll get there in due time. Like, no, none of their UFAs have been extended. So I think Lindholm would just join that group of uh, UFAs and maybe they talk to him. Uh, maybe they have a relationship with the agent who is Peter Wallen and maybe they get it done. But I always get the feeling that if you're going to acquire a guy like that guy, um, you know, and, and you think that highly of him and you have just given up, what do they give up? One, two, three, four, five pieces for him. Yeah. I think, I, I think that reeks of, you know, we want, we want to keep him past this season big time. Um, you, you don't give up five pieces for a guy and then, you know, just let him walk. There has to be an attempt to re-sign that guy. Has to be. Yeah, no, I wouldn't be surprised at all. And uh, a lot of big stories still remaining for the Vancouver Canucks. And we'll be all tuned in tomorrow morning, uh, Dolly. 10 to noon, Czech TV with Don Taylor. And uh, never a shortage of things to talk about with this new regime, hey? So I uh, would look forward no, to hearing you guys tomorrow. And- yeah. No, thanks for you guys for calling. I was, uh, I think it's, it's been the last three hours. I think it's time for a shot. I've been yelling and screaming in my house. I, I, I just, uh, I've been, uh, the dog kept coming in the door and I get out of there, get out. I'm in my office and I think it's time to uh, wind down. Yeah, Have go, a great night, guys. Hey, thanks, uh, Dolly. Thanks, great Dolly. work tonight. Uh, that is Rick Dollywall. Fantastic insight from the him. one and only. The one and only man. I can, I can imagine, honestly when he says that, like it's totally what he was doing. Like he's totally running around screaming, yelling, and calling just being Chris Dolly. Tanev accidentally. <laughs> apparently, it's the most Dolly moment. Like you, you know, hundred percent. We've all had the 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 misstyles from from Dollywall about things over the years. So oh, wrong guy, wrong guy. But he's like he's really intense in trying to get the information. A fantastic work by him uh, getting to the bottom of the Canucks making a huge addition. A, a lot of reaction on the text inbox. Like we have hundreds of texts, and you know, there's no way we can get to all of them. I apologize, but I appreciate you all being tuned and staying here with us uh, for and, and extended coverage. We'll go a few more minutes here before we get a log off for the evening. The Canucks seem to be done for the evening. They've made their big trade, acquiring Elias Lindholm so far, and you know. On that notion of the Canucks getting a player and, you know, his contract hasn't been worked out, you kind of want to get some more clarity on Pedersen's situation before really delving into anything else super long term. Now, Rutherford told us on Canucks Central a few weeks back that they're open to talk to Hronik, so they're not against doing certain things with some of their key players. Take some time here with Elias Lindholm. The obvious question, something we haven't got into, is how does he fit in with this team right now? Uh, That's an obvious question a lot of people have. I would say... That your your first go is having Pedersen with Lindholm. I would guess the line is going to be Pedersen, Lindholm, and Mikheyev. Yeah, and then you'll that makes see, a lot of sense. I think you'll see that. Uh, I think we'll see Suter still be with Miller and Besser because recently they've had some success. The third line we know is a third line. Then Hoaglander, Oman, and Lafferty being the fourth line. Right. Here's the thing, though, for all the talk about defense, and I can see it for sure. You can add a defenseman, but you could could you not use another forward? So now with the Canucks making this deal, they save 650k on the cap as well. So I mean, they're saving five and a half million on the cap next season. So if you want to sign Lindholm, all of a sudden you have some more money to work with, even if you are keeping Pedersen and Hironic, which you're hopefully doing, right? Right. So there's a pathway, and I know there are people that are have criticized the trade. 
So I want to bring that up. That they don't like it. They think the Canucks have paid too much. They don't want the Canucks to re-sign Lindholm. They say he's a mediocre player. He's been down in production. All these things. I see your texts. I see your concerns. Uh, I'm not trying to. We're not trying to avoid them. We see them. <laughs> but we we know it's there just to kind of cover that that base. But they have 650k in extra cap space now. They can actually add a player somewhere around two million. They can make it work if they get creative here. Mm-hmm. Could we see them add another forward? Because I keep looking at that Miller-Besser line, and they're missing a winger as well. Of course. Now, you don't have to go as high end, and Suter's done a decent job there, but I don't think I think ultimately he's best suited to play down your roster and, of and be able to move up and down, and all of a sudden you put him with Hoaglander and Lafferty. Man, that's, got, that's a nice unit. Exactly. Now you got four like really solid-looking lines, right? So I'd love to see that. Can you get a better version of PDG? You, you you're, you're probably can't go out there and get another high-end guy. Yeah. It's going to cost too much. Like the ultimate digger. Yeah. Like somebody slightly better that can play with those guys. Because I'm still wondering that third guy for that line. So piecing it together. And I mean, if you could even make the case that you could put Mikheyev there and find somebody that's more of a shooter with yes. Pedersen and, 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 Lindholm. and Lindholm, you yeah. can also look at it that way. There are different ways to attack this. But it wouldn't shock me looking at the team now that they may still be digging and sniffing around maybe somebody as a forward as well. Could you add somebody else, move, you know, because right now they traded essentially Kuzmenko off the roster for Lindholm, plus the other assets the Canucks gave up. But that's the only move they made. And, and Kuzmenko was an awkward fit here. So roster-wise, it's, it's just plopping a guy in, right? Ideally, as good as Niels Olman has been, it'd be nice to upgrade on him. Have him as your 13 forward. And hopefully the future is still very bright for him and he keeps improving and being better and maybe emerges into a third-line center or something like that. But projecting it going out... I'd love to see that. Now we get back to the conversation we had a few days ago about how do you perfect the team? You you have time now, six weeks. Yeah. You don't want to spend your best assets. Like I'm not saying go and trade Hoaglander, Lakaramaki, Willander, or another first round pick. But I don't, not, and I don't think we're in that we're in that realm. No. But they've already gone out and made this trade now. Could you add a forward? that can maybe move Oman to your 13 forward spot? Could you maybe add another righty defenseman for depth that could, if you're not loving the lefty-lefty combo, you have somebody other than Juleson, maybe slightly better. Yeah. Maybe Tanev's too good, but maybe somebody else. Because now we're looking at how do you perfect this team? And you maybe are a couple of minor moves away now from shoring up any potential concerns. Absolutely. And I, I, I do believe that. You're, you know, I, I Pia Suter, credit to him. He has been really effective when he's played. But going into a playoff series, and then this isn't excusing Mikheyev. Uh, he hasn't been a, a hugely productive player. There have been a lot of criticisms of him, you know, not necessarily being an impact player of late. So if those are the two spots that you're saying, hey, can we, it's not even necessarily upgrade, but just add, add an option that supersedes those guys. And it, it would be, it would be Suter would be the first one to go from, yeah. from that spot. And he's got the ability to, like, when you lay out that that fourth line, you put that Hoaglander and Lafferty, like, that that line's going to play with a lot of energy. There's going to be a little bit of physicality. Uh, they're not gonna, You're not relying on them to play a ton of minutes. That is ideal. It's still, I mean, we were saying this prior to the Lindholm trade, Suter being in the top six is, is not how you would draw up the team. No. There's no doubt. No, it's not. And and listen, I, I like him. I, I love what he's brought. I love having a player that can fit in. And listen, injuries are going to happen. And the fact that injuries happen and you can move up uh, a guy like Suter to help you out is fantastic. 
and now you have that added added layer of depth. And uh, you know, I, I see a lot of people mentioning, and, and people, this one here says, "Are people nuts?" Lindholm kills penalties, plays on a power play, takes a million faceoffs. Versatility this guy brings over Kuzmenko is almost immeasurable. Absolutely, there's no doubt about it. He fits a lot of needs. And if you've missed our shows the last few days, make sure to check him out. We've given you like deep scouting reports on Elias Lindholm and how he can fit in on this team and the things that he can do. Uh, and we've kind of gone through this uh, throughout the day today with with all this kind of coming down uh, with the trade. But he fits a lot of needs. And having that versatility. And the other thing that this does too, and this is something we talked about. So we talk about, okay, if you're an opposing team, how do you attack this Canuck squad? And if you have two lefties, you're probably trying to go out on the defense. You're probably looking at it and saying, let's try to put the puck in the corner for the left guy playing the right side and see if we can get him to cause some turnovers or, you know, make it harder for him to move the puck. And let's, you know, maybe that's the guy you attack. Um, obviously, you want to have an, another second line guy, like we mentioned, Lindholm, so you can, you know, trade off with. And the other thing here is, do you have a line you can look at and say, this can be your shutdown line? That you're like, okay, as good as Miller has been, how comfortable are you having JT, Miller, and Besser out there against the other team's top lines as a hard match? Yeah. I don't love it. And we've seen the team not and go to it. Let's just, let's expand that. It, we're, let's put names on those top lines. Yes, the lot of what? Like McDavid. McDavid, yeah, yeah. That's who you're playing. Or like Jack Eichel, right? <laughs> if they make a conference final, <laughs> McKinnon. These are the teams we're talking about. We're not talking about the Canucks making the playoffs. We're talking about how are they going to match up against the teams. We're trying to win a Stanley Cup. That, that's the conversation the Canucks are having. And that's, by extension, the conversation we're having about this team. They're clearly going to win the Stanley Cup. So how are you going to win the Stanley Cup, right? This also, what this does... It gives you an, a center who has performed well in a ma- hard matchup role. He was a runner-up to a Selkie a couple years ago. Yep. That game hasn't quite been at that level. And it's fair for those saying he's uh, he might be past his prime. He's only 29, but fair enough. Like but he, The environment in Calgary has been really good. It has, but in fairness to people saying his production since his career high a couple years ago has declined steadily, right? And this year it's not going swimmingly well for him, right? It's not He's on pace for like 50 points, but it's not like you know he's, he's lighting the world up or anything like that, right? But he is still a player who's very good as a two-way center. He can play a hard matchup role. Now, maybe you don't want Pedersen in that role all the time, but you can figure it out now. You can be like, all right, let's put let's put Mikheyev with uh, uh, Lindholm, Lindholm, put Pedersen back with the lotto line, yep. and then you can figure out somebody else that can be a gritty player, and that can be your matchup line. Maybe they don't score a ton, but they can go head-to-head with the teams and hold their own at the very least, right? I feel more comfortable with Lindholm and Mikheyev as a duo in a hard match role yeah, than I do Miller and Besser. Yeah. And I mean, now we're talking about like you're getting Miller and Besser away from those roles. Now that opens them up even more offensively, potentially. Now the pathway to getting to the promised land it's not easier, but all of a sudden you have defenses that you can counteract with a little bit. And I think that's a pretty big part of making this deal too, is now you have somebody that can that has proven as a two-way performer, as a center, that can play the toughest minutes. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's it's it's just really nice to have as a coaching staff. And you know going like to use the Oilers as the example, they go into a lot of series. McDavid and Dreisaitl are on different lines, but they have the ability to put those guys together. And we've seen them come back in series the last two playoff runs when they've put those guys on the same line. No, this absolutely. isn't the same thing, but it does give the the coaching staff, Rick Tockett, so many more options and that defensive presence. You know, I think a lot of fans, certainly what I've seen, there, there are a number of fans who would like to see Elias Patterson mm-hmm. be in that more defensive role and that hasn't always been there throughout his career. In fact, it often hasn't. 
Lindholm has done it. And whether that's playing with Pedersen or if, if it's, hey, let's put let's like supercharge and put Pedersen with Miller, where we know that there have been it hasn't been it wasn't perfect heading into the all-star break, but we know that when that line is cooking, it's about as good as you're gonna see in the league. And Mikheyev is a guy that maybe this is the mm-hmm. kind of role. Talk about role. Spent so much time talking about Connor Garland. How is he going to find the fit on this team? And hey, it turns out it's a third line that plays a bit of a possession game that goes hard to the net, that wins its minutes and and is really pushing off against some of the, like, is a class above other bottom sixes. Well, now you can start to be a little bit more strategic in how you're rolling those guys out. Doesn't mean that it's going to be from the first game. Doesn't mean that if you're starting a playoff series, game one is going to be the same as game two. But when you start to, and this is what the coaching staffs do, they they start to look at, okay, well, what's this contingency? What's yeah. this scenario going to look like? Lindholm fills that need in a way that there, quite frankly, no one else uh, on the on the trade board that was a realistic target was was going to fill. No, and and Brendan texted in and said uh, Lindholm on the second unit could really help out. I think Lindholm goes on your first unit. I think so too. Now Suter's been going well. Maybe he keeps going until they ride the hot hand or whatever. Right handed shot. Right-handed centerman as well. They can take face-offs, can play in your bumper spot, can play net front for you, can play the half wall and need be. Smart player. He can fit in with those guys. Like, so, As long as Kuzmenko wasn't going, Izzy, like, they needed somebody else on that power play. You know, and I don't. We didn't love the options like Suter and these guys. Like, you know, they can help out. They made it work. They made. They did. They have made it work, right? But now you get somebody that can truly play in that spot. Yeah, I think no, that's no questions asked. No, absolutely. All right, listen. Uh, we're way over. We've been. <laughs> I, I asked. I'm like Izzy. We'll do an extra 20 minutes, and here we are, an extra 40 minutes. All right, uh, we got to run. We appreciate everybody staying on with us here. Uh, he's Israel Fair. I'm Satyar Shaw. Thanks to Elon Shark, our producer, and thank you all of you for listening, staying with us here over the past uh, like four hours almost, and a lot of. You know, like refreshing Twitter, being on our phones, trying to figure out what is going on with this Vancouver Canucks team that have acquired Elias Lindholm. Now, we're going to have a lot more reaction to this throughout the week, of course. Tomorrow coming up as early as Halford and Bruff. Uh, I, I know some guys are working on something for the podcast feeds as well for tonight, and we'll see if that does get posted as well. So we're going to get you as much content as possible uh, about the Canucks acquiring Elias Lindholm. Uh, and so stay tuned on Canucks Central and on Sportsnet 650 for the latest. Thank you all for listening. Uh, Canucks made a big move, and hopefully we have bigger and better moves to talk about. We'll, we'll be back at it again tomorrow. We'll do overrated, underrated tomorrow, Izzy. So you can get us. You can get your questions in for overrated, underrated. Maybe ask I got one trade. though. Just just before we go, overrated, okay. underrated. Staying an extra forty minutes to talk about a huge <laughs> Canucks trade. I mean, I'd say underrated. I love that. I, this is stuff I live for, so I love it. <laughs> Uh, Izzy is like very busy because he he also works for the athletics, so he's trying to do like four jobs at the same time. So we're asking a lot of him. So I only got like three brain cells left. (laughs) He's the MVP for hanging in here with us. And thank you all for being part of it. We'll be back tomorrow. Kevin Woodley, overrated, underrated, and a lot more reaction to the Canucks ahead of the trade deadline right here on the Home of Your Canucks Sportsnet 650.